Fanny dog. Ooh, fantasy dogs. Ooh. Not the fanny dogs. Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 88, Crazy 88, of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome in. Week three, another crazy week, crazy upsets. Mm, we got the Bills go down. Bills go down to the, the Chiefs. Go down. Chiefs go down to the Colts. Yeah. Those the biggest upsets. The Chargers really go down. <laughs> the Bears win without offense. It's it's well, a, they had plenty of offense. It just never left the ground. Yeah, for one. But the ball stayed in the hands of Khalil Herbert. But anyways, another crazy week. Uh, we did have a little bit more injuries this week than, than we've had uh, recently. So we'll go ahead and let Nate talk about some of those. Uh, yep, getting straight into it. Uh, Mac Jones has a severe ankle sprain, could still possibly need surgery on it. Uh, he's getting a second opinion, but uh, no doubt he'll be out multiple weeks with that injury. So uh, this 2021 QB class is getting wrecked with lower body injuries this year. So, um, yeah, hopefully they come back uh, good and proper. Uh, DeAndre Swift uh, has shoulder and ankle injuries. Uh, he'll miss several weeks, uh, probably, and they also talked about uh, holding him until after their bye week, so that would uh, not bring him back until week seven. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into waiver wire ads, but you can guess that uh, a certain Mr. Williams will be in that section. Uh, also, Amon Ross St. Brown, his uh, teammate, could miss time with an ankle injury as well, so the Lions are getting a bit banged up here. Uh, Sterling Shepard, man. Feel so bad for him. He tore his ACL uh, out for the season. A uh, real shame because he was part of the Achilles tear comeback tour 2022. Uh, but yeah, in, the, in that game against the Cowboys, he had 10 targets, led the team with, you know, five receptions, 49 yards before going out. You know, he was starting to work his way back into that number one role that he left. And uh, it sucks. He has another season ending injury. Uh, David Montgomery is considered, you know, day to day. He could possibly miss this next week with knee and ankle injuries. Um, Dalvin Cook, another big one. He had a dislocated shoulder, but he'll likely bring out the famous harness. The and, device. Yeah, I, I expect him to play week four. And all, you know, most of the time when he wears the harness, he goes off. So bring out the device. Um, so non like direct fantasy player related, but Rashawn Slater out for the year with a torn bicep. Uh, that's a big blow for the Chargers and obviously going to affect uh, um, Herbert, which, you know, he's already suffering his own rib cartilage injuries. Uh, Trent Williams is going to be out for multiple weeks for the 49ers. So keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, definitely going to hurt the running game probably more than anything. He's such a monster in that regard. So uh, look out for that. And uh, the Miles Garrett car crash. I don't know if you've seen like the the in-person like video of, you know, him lying on the grass and stuff after the crash and everything. It's wild, but um yeah, I mean, I think there's a decent chance he doesn't play this week. He also could play and be fine, but, you know, he it took him a long time to stand up. He had some blood running from his hand and stuff. So, um, yeah, they were checking out, make, making sure his biceps and all that stuff wasn't torn or anything. So hopefully he's fine, um, but, you know, be on the lookout for that. If he's out this week, who, you know, whoever the quarterback is opposite him is you know going to get a little bit of a boost. So that's it for injury stuff on my end. Yeah, I mean, one thing, and I guess maybe it's not really an injury we're worried about him missing time because he came back to the game, but 
I guess we're still waiting to hear the results of the investigation into the Tua thing. If you yeah. saw the Tua injury, he banged his head on the ground, and then it wasn't his head; it was uh, his ankle some other part back. of his body. Yeah, <laughs> uh, apparently it was his back. Which I mean, you know, if he was said he was having back spasms, if you have a back spasm, maybe you would collapse in that way. Um, but yeah, they're investigating that. But that was crazy. I mean, especially the fact that he came back and won that game mm. after seeing that um, against Josh Allen and the Bills is is commendable another another uh tale of bravery and uh the uh, uh, second week in a row of the legend of Tua buildings and, so. and statistical anomaly because Tua played kind of mediocre in that game and the yardage wise first down, i mean they had no business winning that game but right they pulled well, it out well the bills ran like 20 more plays than them like it's mm-hmm. like, it's like it, 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 it was mediocre stats because he honestly didn't yeah. have the ball that much and then obviously he was out for a time with that after yeah. the concussion back injury spectacle so yeah, but they uh but they got a key turnover in bill's territory and i think that helped with the whole yardage thing but yeah crazy game there for sure um well all right well that covers that definitely some big names in that in that uh list obviously mac jones is a big blow to the patriots mm-hmm. um and all of their options so we'll touch on that a little bit later but let's go ahead and dive into this week's waiver wire i think this week's a lot more fruitful than last week um so i think there's a a lot more exciting names uh, a couple of guys that i'd be willing to drop some big time fab on so we'll start out at quarterback and i actually do have a couple of names on this list um the first one i'll mention is zach wilson probably somebody's already had the foresight to go ahead and pick him up but just in case check i did see a leak where where he wasn't there and i'm pretty sure he's definitely i mean has it been confirmed he's coming back this week week four uh, I think it's likely, but I, I haven't seen it confirmed yet. Okay, okay. So maybe you still have to wait next week, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, Salah's already said that when Zach Wilson's back, he's going to be the quarterback, and there's not going to be any kind of quarterback controversy. So uh, if you're in need of a starting quarterback, he's probably the best one you'll be able to grab if somebody else already hasn't. Um, do you got another guy for the quarterbacks? That's really the main one. I mean – the rest is kind of guys we've already mentioned before, but Marcus Mariota continues to impress. So if he's somehow still available, go for him. Uh, Daniel Jones, given that he was running for his life most of the game, he did a good job. So, um, yeah, but I mean, really, Zach Wilson is the only main guy this week. Yeah. Oh, well, I got to, uh, you know, we mentioned this last week, but again, check for Kenny Pickett. Uh, I yep, saw yep. several leagues where Pickett's still not there. And uh, it's, you know, I think Tomlin came out and said after the week three game that, He's not going to make the quarterback transition this week. So you're not picking him up to start this week. But again, it's completely worth stashing because that transition is going to happen. And then the nasty, gross name that if it's just super flex or start two quarterbacks, even there's nobody else there. One name that's definitely there is now Brian Hoyer. And he is going to start a couple of games while Mac Jones is out. Um I wouldn't spend almost no fab on it, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's worth it. Maybe even in dynasty at this point, you know, you might be able to pick Brian Hoyer off your dynasty waiver wire. So very, very deep, but you know, if you need a spot start, uh, it's, uh, it's what you got to deal with. So uh, well, let's move on to running backs and Nate, I will let you talk about your first running back pickup. Uh, yeah. Just preface this by saying, uh, you know, Brian Robinson mentioned him on the last show. He's likely going to be back. Uh, for week four so go ahead and get him if he's still hanging around there Uh, if not the big guy pick up this week is Khalil Herbert uh still available in a lot of leagues but uh yeah I mean 
if David Montgomery misses any time, he's probably a low-end RB1 with the amount of workload he gets and with how well he's been doing this year. I mean, he's averaging 7.3 yards per carry this year, and Montgomery's averaging 4.5. I mean, he has been the better runner, so there's always that chance that he takes over you know, the role or, you know, a bigger portion of the role. So yeah, Khalil Herbert would be, uh, would be probably my top waiver wire ad this week. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was really, really tough to decide between my top two guys. I did end up leaning Jamal Williams. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. only because I know that Deandre Swift is going to miss time, mm-hmm. but you make a great point. I mean, Khalil Hart, uh, Khalil Herbert's been startable some weeks with David Montgomery there and mm-hmm. he's, you know, been performing. Obviously, you mentioned the yards per carry performing very well. So um, it's a tough choice between who I would. I think if I needed like a running back to start this week, 100%, I would go a little bit more for Jamal Williams. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe the better stash over time. I mean, and Jamal Williams has been completely useful even with DeAndre Swift there as well. So yep. they're really similar guys. Just the only difference is I know that DeAndre Swift is going to miss, you know, like you said, maybe a week seven is the estimated return date. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so he was my number one, but, uh, last time we disagreed on a number one, uh, uh, running back waiver wires, I took Burkhead and you took Jeff Wilson and won that one. So, <laughs> so yeah, but now, you know, I think both of these guys, you know, you'll be, you'll get some value out of, and I would totally be willing to pay a nice little chunk of change, 30 to 50%, depending on uh, how bad I needed one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with a lot with what you said because Jamal Williams is my next man up. And yeah, if you need wins now, if you need guaranteed guy to start the next two weeks, um, he, he's going to be your man. So, uh, and like you said, he has standalone value with, you know, Swift in the games as well. But uh, yeah, Khalil Herbert in the long game is why I would put him just slightly ahead. Um, good stuff there. Uh, next guy I'll mention last running back would be Alexander Madison. Um, you know, just in case Cook does miss time, we've seen what Madison does when Cook is out. Um, not really playable when he's in, but uh, definitely valuable when Cook doesn't show up. So uh, pick him up, especially if you're the Dalvin owner. Yeah, especially if you're the Dalvin owner, he's key there. And, you know, to be honest, this is a nice little segment for us to just touch on this. Like Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison. I know it's hard, especially if you have low roster sizes mm-hmm. or bench sizes, but these are kind of guys, I mean, you know, these are the the handcuffs that, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, a, and, you know, I think a lot of these guys probably should have been rostered again. I know that after three weeks, um, you know, but, but they're not, you know, they're, they're largely not. And so it, it surprises me, but yeah, these are just the kind of gems at the end of your drafts that you can pick them up. And even if they aren't fruitful week one or two, here we are week three and all three of these guys, well, Madison, we'll see if we want to start him, but at least, uh, you know, the first two, we know that are, are going to be solid starts this week. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, but yeah, all three good options. Madison was my third guy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at wide receiver, I'm going to have a guy that was your value, wide receiver value, and it is Romeo Dobbs. Uh, yeah, it looks like he fought, he had a what plus 20-point game this week uh, in PPR, and uh, it looks like he's going to have an opportunity to at least be one of the top two, if not the number one receiver in that offense right now. So obviously that's extremely valuable. Everybody thought this guy was going to be Christian Watson coming in the offseason. Uh, at least to begin, it, it looks like it's going to be Dobbs. And, you know, Nate, great call on that. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's probably, maybe besides Garrett Wilson, probably like the the most valuable uh, waiver wire receiver so far this season. Uh, so definitely very valuable there. And I think he kind of stands above the other options this week for sure. 
Yeah, just with how much he's getting targeted by Rodgers, it seems like he's becoming, you know, Rodgers' go-to guy that he's built trust with, and he's doing really well with the ball in his hands as well. But, yeah, he had eight targets, caught all of them, had 73 yards and a touchdown, um, and played 89% of the snaps. So, yeah, I'm in total agreement. He's my number one waiver wire ad. Uh, If you listen to me, you already have him on your roster. But, uh, yeah, you know, good good on you if uh, you had the foresight to get him last week or something. But – um, yeah, and Sammy Watkins is going to be on IR too. It's just it just opens the door up for him. Um, next guy up for me, if he's still out there, is Zay Jones. Um, man, because he is killing it so far this year. I mean, he has been Lawrence's uh, really like go-to target, especially in the short game, and he's been doing a lot with it. So uh, yeah, I mean, this last week I think he had ten receptions. Um, so yeah, it's him and DJ Chark and honestly, this whole offense have been producing at a you know higher level than we all expected. So, uh, Zay Jones is a really good waiver wire pickup that I think can last all season as a flex play for you. Yeah, that was my second guy as well. And yeah, man, I mean, and the fact that everything you just said about Zay Jones is true and he's not even the most valuable receiver on that offense really goes to show you that this, this Jaguars offense is, is not something to play around with this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, complete hats off to Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, I think I'll, I'll always have, I mean, and we don't know, he could end up losing the rest of his games. Let's mm-hmm. put the carriage before the horse, but so far it looks like he's really been able to harvest um, or save a, a team mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that was going down the toilet with a lot of good talent on it. So Trevor Lawrence looking good as well, but we aren't talking about that. We're talking about waiver wire pickups. And my next waiver <laughs> wire pickup is a guy that Nate's already mentioned before. I wasn't really sold on it, but I'm sold on him now. Greg Dortch, he's still widely available out there. Um, he's, you know, I think it's, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but I don't think he's as long-term as, especially Dobbs, but even Zay Jones, like, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins and Rondo Moore still been out, you know, basically all season. Uh, so I think as those guys kind of come on, he's not good. I think he got 11 targets last game. I don't think that's going to continue. But for now, for next week, if I can get a guy with 11 targets off the waiver wire, uh, you got to do it. So if you're in desperate need, maybe you got Keenan Allen and – well, Keenan might be back next week. But mm. if it's not and, and and Chris Godwin on your team and you just have to find a guy to start. And I think, uh, you know, if you can't get Dobbs, definitely Greg Dortch would be my, my next uh, – the one I'd want to start for next week. Yeah, no, I really like this. If he's available, uh, he'd probably be next up for me as well. Um, I already have him in a couple leagues and been starting him. And yeah, I mean, his, his first game, he had a little over 13 points, second game, 15 and a half, third game, 17. It just keeps getting better and better. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I agree that once Hopkins comes back, it's you know going to dip and same with uh, Rondale Moore, but eh, I, I think he could surprise some people and take a little bit more away from uh, Rondale than some expect. And speaking of like in, him being injured and stuff, Rondale's almost always injured going back to his college days. So uh, that's another thing, but yeah, Dorch has really earned a role in that offense. And uh, yeah, that's a good call. You got any more receivers? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll miss it. Mention uh, Russell Gage. This may be a little bit more short term, but you know, Mike Evans will be back this week, but it looks like Julio and um, Chris Godwin won't be. So yeah, I, I'm going to you know take Russell Gage and he produced at a really high level this last week because he was their only option, but even, yeah, even if he's a, yeah, good call. Uh, <laughs> even if he, um, you know, is the wide receiver two in that offense for a few weeks. He'll, you know, he'll produce at a pretty high level. So yeah, Russell Gage will be worth a short-term stash. 
I like that one. And I'm going to put one last name on the table here. Not super thrilled about him, but at the same time, he's produced, might continue to do so. But it's Matt Collins. Mm. Um, you know, he's he's uh, looking like the number two, uh, you know, uh, receiver in that art. Well, outside of Waller. So mm. the third receiving option, but the number two wide receiver on the team. Um, and that can be valuable. I mean, Derek Carr does dis- typically distribute the ball. Um, you know, pretty, pretty evenly, uh, you know, obviously week one, it was all Devonte Adams, but it hasn't really been that since then. So, um, looks like, you know, and Matt Collins actually made an incredible, like just grab over a guy's head, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they look good for a touchdown. He's, he's making plays out there. So it's worth picking up, but it's not worth paying more than six or $7 of your fab, but just, just a name to throw out there. Um, I don't really have too much more to add on that. Well, that uh, pretty much wraps up receivers for me as well. All right. Well, who is your top tight end pickup? It'll be Mr. David Njoku. Uh, a lot of people gave up on him after the first two weeks, and then in a certain Njoku fashion, he blew up week three. So, yeah, um, he was a favorite target, and I think him and Cooper are going to be the the two guys you want in this uh, you know receiving core here. So, uh, yeah, Brissett is not as bad as some people, you know, think. And honestly, I think uh, quarterbacks that aren't, you know, elite or considered great, you know, they get, you know, their effect gets overstated in fantasy. Like, you know, look at what Cooper Rush has done the past two weeks. Like everybody thought it was just going to be worthless in that offense and CeeDee Lamb got, you know, 22 or 23 points or something. So, um, so yeah, David Njoku and Cooper can both produce in that offense. And that's why he's my number one tight end pickup. Yeah, I agree. He was my value tight end before the season. Um, I had him in several leagues. There's a couple I did drop him in, a couple that I kept him in, and I'm, I'm happy in the ones I kept him in and going to have to pay up in the ones I dropped him in. So, unfortunate. But, yeah, you know, you got to give it time for uh, tight ends, and they're never – I mean, I won't say there's never going to be a tight end that performs week in, week out, but those guys are like maybe three guys every year. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you can't expect it to always happen, but – uh, his target share, you know, started out at 6% game one, climbed up to 18% and was well over 20% last week. So it's been big, uh, better and better each week. My preseason stat about Jacoby Percet targeting tight ends is looking better now. Starting to come around. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, he was my number one. Uh, another name I do have, and we probably should have had him last week. I don't think I bought in, but at this point uh, – in the season, he is tight end three in PPR, and it's Tyler Conklin. Um, at this point, it does – I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Zach Will, but you could literally say that about Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, but at the same time, he's performed very well. He's been uh, the second most targeted receiving option so far. Now, of course, this is with Joe Flacco, but, I mean, if if he's performed as well as he has, I mean, he's averaging 12.7 points per game, which uh, the only guys that are, you know, way past that are Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, you know, so um, it's – at this point, I think it's worth picking him up. Uh, somebody else might have already done it, and sorry we didn't uh, kind of throw him in last week. I just honestly wasn't buying in, but I'm starting to have to do so now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a little more skeptical. I mean, you can pick him up, but I, I do think the return of Zach Wilson is going to definitely negatively affect his value. I mean, so many miles are getting fed right now because they're averaging over 30 completions a game, and I just don't think they're going to see that kind of volume when – you know, they don't want to put Wilson in that situation early on coming back. So, yeah, um, I'm a little bit lower on him, but 
I mean, you can't argue with the results so far. So, and he's getting heavily targeted too. So it's not like it's just like tight ends like Will Disley. Oh yeah, I think he had ten targets last week. And mm. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my only counterpoint was is would be that like if the Jets are down, they have to pass a lot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like you know, like uh, they don't really have a choice. I agreed that that'll be their plan. They aren't gonna gonna want you know Zach Wilson to throw 30, 40 times a game, mm. but at the same time, if you're chasing a win, that's what you have to do. So, you know, I think that's when Tyler Conklin games like that, when he could, uh, you know, really come into play. And so far that Jets defense hasn't been stopping people too much. So, Oh, well, um, I was just talking about the completions. They've been averaging uh, 52 attempts per game. Flacco has. Uh, oh, yeah. That, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of passes. That is, that's way too many. Yeah. Definitely. That number will come down. I agree with you there. Um, you got any more tight ends? Uh, no, nah, pretty pretty shallow this week in tight ends. I have one more, and he's currently tight in 11, and he's just catching touchdowns off the wazoo. And it's another Achilles. It was a – he tore his ACL and Achilles. Another Achilles hero. Will Disley, baby. Uh, it, lo- <laughs> it looks like he is uh, going to be the most valuable. Now, there's this other guy, Colby Parkinson, that's caught a couple touchdowns as well. Uh, but it looks like, you know, Will Disley is going to be the Seahawks uh, number one tight end, which is absolutely tragic when you consider, uh, you know, Noah Fan is on that team. <laughs> but, um, you know, right now it looks like it, I wouldn't spend any fab on Will Disley, but if you're just in a dark, dark place with tight end, uh, you know, or, or maybe you need a tight end too. Uh, you know, I think he's 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 all right, he's all right to serve as that. But anyways, mm-hmm. that is the end of my waiver wire pickups for this week. And I'll say in deeper leagues or like you know start two tight end leagues or uh, something like that, Jelani Woods might be a good guy to put a cheap offer on because you know they're desperate for pass catchers in that offense. And honestly, if you really need a deep receiver, Alec Pierce looked pretty dang good as the number two wide receiver for the Colts this last week. So. Um, back healthy and he had like a nine or ten points or something like that but um, caught three targets and made some big plays so yeah and Jelani Woods got two touchdowns uh, in one game which is more than Pizza has in his career so far which very much hurts us to say but uh, you know it will get past it it's not a talent thing it's a coaching thing so Arthur Smith get it in gear um, but Pitt's got a little bit of redemption this week so good stuff there but, uh, but yeah uh, uh, that's it Jelani Woods might be a good light stash yeah 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 but (laughs) it's just upsetting well anyways uh yes pits pits did have a good fantasy game but thank you it starts to turn around still no touch and they won they targeted their best player and they won the game it's It's crazy how that works yeah it's uh yeah wouldn't think wouldn't I can't imagine. You could imagine. Yeah. Anyways, uh, well, in order to pick up all these guys, we got to drop some guys. Uh, So we're going to go through some of the most dropped players this week and see how they compare to the guys we are talking about picking up. So we're going to start out with Raheem Mostert. And I'll go ahead and tell you I'm dropping Raheem Mostert. I'm sure they'll be valuable, but especially, I mean, maybe I'd keep him over Alexander Madison if I don't have have Cook. But, you know, with, with Williams and Herbert, it's an easy drop for me. Yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm dropping him for Herbert Williams, uh, B. Rob, any of those guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah, B. Rob's a good a good example too. Yeah, 
in, in my leagues, B Rob's not available just because people have stashed him on the IR. But if you don't have an IR, he's yeah. Probably and in our league, someone dropped him after week one, so you just you you may have that league taco that just makes a move like that because they apparently don't know they can he been put in an IR spot. So right, right, um, right. So yeah. so yeah, no, definitely worth worth checking. But yeah, no, I I would drop him for Robinson as well. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll throw in another running back here. We got Mr. Kenneth Gainwell, a guy that is near to dear both of our hearts. One a little bit more so than other. Uh, but uh, yeah, are you, I mean, obviously he kind of almost put up a goose egg last week. Miles Sanders didn't get a lot of play either. Um, you know, they kind of just got up fast and, and uh, you know, but, but yeah, it hasn't been looking good. So how are you feeling about Gainwell at this point? <sighs> Here's the thing. The Eagles offense is too good for Gainwell. And by that, I mean, he is the guy they put in on two minute drills. They come from behind like he he is the passing down. You know, they need to run quick offense and score quickly. Uh, And he's the one when they're coming behind. They're not playing from behind at all. They're destroying their opponent's defenses every game so far. So, yeah, Gainwell hasn't been used as much. You can drop him. It you know kills me to say that. But, uh, yeah, the Eagles offense is too good right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Go looking back on that 2020 quarterback class, you know, it kind of looked like Herbert and Burrow were the only gems in that, but we got uh two more contenders, uh, mm-hmm. you know, coming in strong right now with Hertz and Tua. So mm-hmm. um, definitely- the, the, the Bama quarterbacks went from having no NFL presence at all to they're, they're, they're starting to take over if Bryce Young turns out. Yeah, and you throw Mac Jones into that mix. Yeah, as well. you're gonna have four starting NFL quarterbacks if we don't look out. Yeah, that might be more than any other college, at least off my head. But uh, but yeah, very impressive. Uh, but um, yeah, so I am dropping Gainwell as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously in Dynasty, I still have some hope. But so far, man, it hasn't happened to the level that I thought it would in the NFL for him, which has been unfortunate. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a crowded backfield and yeah you're right that offense is just so explosive it's almost like the bills like you don't need a run game (laughs) yeah um but anyways all right well what about the patriots receivers so i saw the Devontae parker jacoby myers and um nelson aguilar all on the on the most drop list this week so uh Mm. how do you feel about all three of those guys compared to somebody like Dobbs, zay jones george hmm that's tough I would drop them all for, for Dobbs um, and probably Zay Jones as well. Um, Devontae Parker had a magnificent game. I mean, he was wide receiver 11 this week, caught five passes for 156 yards. Um, I did just mention, you know, people overvalue the the effect of a not as great quarterback coming in. So I could see Devontae Parker being a safety net, big receiver that can make contested catches. Also, Jacoby Myers is really good at getting open. So those two guys I'll try to hang on to if you can. Um, But Dobbs can be the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. So it's not really a contest. Yeah, with Mac Jones going down. And it's not that I think that none of them will have value. And I mean, Hoyer's played a long time in the NFL. He's Mm -hmm. not a terrible, terrible backup. But I just have no idea, and I kind of feel this way when Matt Jones is there, to be honest. I have no idea who would be the guy to keep. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it would be Parker. I mean, certainly based off of this last week's performance, but of course mm-hmm. that was mostly with Matt Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to say. I definitely would drop them all for Dobbs. Zay Jones, it's a little bit – my favorite of this group is Jacoby Myers. It's a little bit difficult. Jacoby Myers was one of my favorite pickups last week. Um mm-hmm. Especially if you drop Fab on him and now you're just dropping him again, like it's hard to do sometimes. But I probably would lean Zay Jones in that case. But uh, yeah, the rest of them, um, yeah, I mean Devonte Parker, I'm not quite as in on. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but over Dorch and Matt Collins, I would keep uh, Devontae and, and Jacoby Myers. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Nelson Aguilar, he had the one good game in week two. And that's the thing. It's yeah. like it could be any of the Patriots any week, you know, and there's still uh, – who's the other guy in there that, that uh, you've touted before? I uh, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's still yeah. there. Right. And yeah, he's, he's been in the doghouse. Has some talent, but, yeah, not getting as much time. So, um, all right, well, uh, what about Robbie Anderson? Um, so, you know, he's the most valuable receiver on his team so far, sadly, but still not very valuable. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll try to find his finish on the year. But how are you feeling about him compared to uh, – or not his finish on the year, but through three weeks. But how are you feeling about him compared to the other guys? Yeah, I you know, if you're having to drop him, you're in a good position, I think. Um, you know, if it is, if it does come down to him or Dobbs, I'm taking Dobbs. I would take him over Zay Jones. I just believe in the talent of Robbie Anderson more, and it does seem like he has the you know best connection with the quarterback in that situation. Um, we'll we'll get to Baker Mayfield later, but uh yeah, it's um I would try to hang on to Robbie Anderson if at all possible. But uh yeah, Dobbs would sur- surpass him. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Zay Jones over him as well, just because uh, he's at he's right now. Um, Robbie Anderson's uh, wide receiver 53 in PPR, and Zay Jones is a top 24 receiver. And I mean, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I would agree that I would have said before the season that I favor the the talent of Robbie Anderson over Zay Jones. But uh, yeah, I mean, Zay Jones is getting the targets and he's putting up the things. So I think I would lean Zay Jones. But I would, uh, you know, I agree that I'm not just dropping Robbie Anderson to drop him. It'd have to be for a guy that I'm excited about but all right last guy we got a a tight end it's irv smith he had a good week two didn't have as good of a week three it looks like people are quick to give up on him but there's (laughs) good uh some good tight end options so how do you feel about him compared to those yeah i I would try to hang on to him um uh, that's tough between him and njoku i probably would take similar players very similar yeah yeah um I, I would probably take Njoku over Irv Smith just I think he provides a little more high-end upside but it, it's just these guys are tough to know when you want to start them is the only problem so um not feeling super confident in Irv yeah I agree I dropped him for Njoku but Conklin and Will Disley I'd rather have Irv Smith mm. yeah he's yeah. definitely a better athlete than those guys I believe for sure for sure all right well let's move on to our weekly dog discussions and yeah. um First discussion we're going to have is about some players that we are worried no longer have the juice like corn. They, well, you know, I, I use the term washed, but I don't want to, it doesn't have to be completely devoid of skill anymore. Mm-hmm. Just not the player that they used to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so Nate, I'll let you start, start us off here and uh, give us a guy that you're, you're not looking like in the trajectory of right now. Okay, it's not like this guy has ever been a pinnacle of efficiency. And I know he's had injuries and stuff early on, um, but James Conner, man, is averaging 3.0 yards per carry. And he wasn't efficient last year, but it was 3.7. I mean, it was uh, he's just off to a very bad start. And uh, like with how good Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams have been, I could definitely see him if he doesn't improve his efficiency, getting those guys rotated in more and more um, and him being used more exclusively in the passing game, which he's still good enough in. um, But, you know, his efficiency is down a lot so far compared to last year. And uh, the other thing is just like so far, he's just not getting the touchdowns. He has one touchdown in three games last year. That was his bread and butter. That's what got you by um, that and his uh, receiving ability. So, um, so yeah, James Conner, I just think, it was a little bit on the decline last year, but he got a ton of volume. But this year, it's he just has no burst. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, I kind of 
he was uh, uh he was my bust uh, actually pick um so um i was out on him uh preseason and he hasn't proven me wrong uh, thus far i'm sure he's gonna have a good game or two he's getting i mean they're rushing a lot but he still is getting the volume of the rushes they're getting but mm-hmm. um you know it's not looking good with it he still does have that annoying fucking he's not efficient in the pass catching game either but he keeps getting passes that's mm-hmm. the only thing that's kind of keeping him afloat uh but he also you know already got banged up a little bit yeah i'm pretty much out on on i mean i was out on connor before but i'm even more so now so Totally yeah. agree with you there. For me, this is a guy that almost lost me my most important matchup of the week. I drafted him as my quarterback, and I regret it. It is looking horrible. It's Russell Wilson. And boy, mm. if the fucking Broncos paid all of that capital with everybody shitting on the Seattle Seahawks for making that trade, and it turns out he's on the decline of his career, uh, that is going to be quite quite the steal. Um, I'm sure that Russell Wilson is going to look better than he has. I mean, obviously the new coaching staff, it's all of the, the, the offensive coordinator, the defense coordinator, everybody's a new, uh, a first time uh, coach in their position there, at least at the major positions. Um, but f- he's missing passes. It's not, I mean, there's, I mean, uh, of course he's getting drops as well. It's like, nobody's really trying to, I mean, Cortland Sutton, at least last week was the only guy that was like dependable, but I mean, he's throwing behind receivers. Uh, he's holding on to the ball for too long, taking a lot of sacks. I mean, he's not scrambling like he used to. There was one drive at the end. Of course they won the game. Uh, there was one drive at the end on the game winning drive where he finally kind of started to take the ball, the, the, the game into his hands, started rushing, looked a little bit like the old Russ. So Maybe we'll see more of that, but I mean, outside of that one drive, the whole season has looked, I mean, nothing like the old Russell Wilson. So I'm really keeping an eye on that. I'm probably going to start shopping Russ here um, in a second in this league because I'm tired of watching it. And uh, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's, he was my, my, my quarterback 10 and, I'm not, he's in the twenties right now. I believe he's quarterback 22 or 23. So I'm sure he'll finish above that, but I, I'm not quite convinced that he's going to get back to quarterback one, uh, his old quarterback one days. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I do think there is an opportunity uh, to buy a little low right now. Cause I do think some of the blame lies with Nathaniel Hackett and he did not hire really any experienced coaches. He did just bring in a veteran coach to actually help with game management, but it's hard as a quarterback when you're getting your calls in so late, you don't have time to like make all the proper adjustments, you know, read the defense and, and key in on what you want to do. So I do think that is going to get better as the season goes on. I think he'll get more and more comfortable. So uh, I do see you know, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for him, but he really hasn't looked like the old Russ since he came back from the, you know, that surgery to fix his, what, his thumb, was it? Um, which, is, so, which doesn't bode well for Dak. But yeah, yeah. They're separate injuries. It's not the same injury, but yeah, still. Yeah, and Dak seems to be coming back a lot quicker. But um, but yeah, I just um, – I, I think he will get you know better and it will improve, but uh, it's, it's not been great so far. And boy, am I glad I didn't trade uh, – trade you for him so uh worked out <laughs> in my favor yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wish, wish he would have at this point but uh but yeah no um not feeling great about russ at all uh you got another guy for this or i do i'll, I'll go ahead and mention him. baker mayfield man I, I it's not i just he's just off like it's it has not been impressive there was like the second half against the browns where he kind of rallied made some good deep passes and stuff and got things going but 
it's it's rough to watch right now. Um, I you know, it's just he's gonna have to start improving up really quickly if he doesn't want to have them you know like draft over him because it's a new quarterback for the Panthers almost every year lately. So um, God, they're turning into the Colts of the NFC South. Um, but they yeah, don't, they don't almost get to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're way worse. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's I I just and it's not like I don't think he can turn it around a little bit and he's obviously not some 35 year old that's you know his arms like going to shit or anything but um you know maybe the pressure a little bit is getting to him you know this is kind of you know a possible last stop for him as a starting quarterback so um he just needs to settle down and make the most of it but i do fear that that might not happen yeah um yeah i, I don't disagree with you i mean he was my value quarterback he hasn't been very valuable um he's had a game or two where he was like he didn't bone you, but it's never been a game where you're happy you started him, really. Um, and, and it was for years. You and I have had this back and forth. Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield? Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, I thought I had handed the handedly won that argument, but at this <laughs> point, I'm not not feeling quite as good. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I do think you know he can still, but right now the, mm-hmm. the a big problem is, and you can see it. I've seen it happen every single game he gets these balls batted down at the line of scrimmage and he visibly gets frustrated. And it's like one it's he's, he's making bad decisions. He's scrambling before he needs to scramble, you mm. know, and um, he's just rattled out there. So I don't really trust much around him to make. I mean, the, the one mm. saving grace is like, there's been, there's like five plays a game where he just needs to dump the ball off to McCaffrey because mm. he's over there and get yards. Yeah. And he hasn't done that. Um, so I think that's one thing that can help him and the Panthers offense greatly. Uh, hopefully he starts to do that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I can't disagree with you at all. It hasn't it, and Matt Rule needs to, to design more stuff to get McCaffrey the ball in space as well. Like Matt Rule has been and – DJ, And DJ Moore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's very much been a disappointment as a head coach. Uh, I don't know why they committed so much to him as early as they did, but yeah, it's they're going to lose some money. They're going to lose some money in this offseason when they fire him. Yeah. Yep. Um, Well, I got one more guy and I mean, this guy's kind of obvious, but it's, it is just, I just want to take a moment to reflect on Kenny Galladay who, Oh, that one's perfect. (laughs) Just who one season ago. Oh, we can just level this down to that dude there. Right. Who, who one season ago got the, the, the biggest off season, uh, a free agency contract for for a wide receiver and every play that it goes to him something goes haywire it's a flag it's a dropped pass it's a he gets his ass lit up and has to stumble to the sidelines like it i don't know if it's fate i don't know if he's just that bad but like it's not working out for this guy and it, and the giants man i mean just 17 million dollars a year in the fucking toilet for them and you know we were shitting so hard on this christian kirk contract and we're gonna be talking about christian kirk a little bit later but christian kirk wasn't the one to shit on it's this kenny galladay contract that really screwed up the market and really was completely not worth i mean he just completely disappeared and i mean at at this point i don't know that he will ever be valuable again yeah, I, I keep seeing stuff about like them shopping Galladay and him possibly getting traded before the deadline. Who is going to trade for that contract? Who? I, I do not see any way this does not end with him getting cut. Like, And they're just going to have to eat it. It's probably going to be after this season is over and he's going to ride the bench for the most part. But yeah, if all that bad voodoo stuff doesn't happen to him, he just drops the pass. So it's... 
it's it's probably if not the worst wide receiver contract signing ever it's up there so yeah if you've been listening to the show a while i railed against galladay preseason last year uh this guy has bit me in fantasy before and i learned my lesson and now everyone else is too 100 agree he is washed Right. And I know that it, people aren't drafting him high this year. It's not like it's not like the fantasy yeah. community was backing on him this year. It's just 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 a funny thing to reflect on. I think. Yep. Anyways, yep. we'll move on to our second discussion here. And that is going to be we're going to call it checking in on the market. These are kind of just going to be some weird values right now that like honestly could be legitimate trade offers that if we would have talked, you know, offered these or talked about these as trade offers three weeks ago you guys and every and anybody we offer these to would have thought we were crazy but now it's actually a, a discussion so we're gonna see if we lean with the tried and true guy that we expected to be good or the guy that has been good over three weeks so we're gonna start out with some running backs and we're gonna take mr cordero patterson so as falcons fans you might have expected us to be all in on cordero after finishing as a top uh, 12 running back last year we sadly were not we've been hurt too many times by guys like Todd Gurley and Devontae Freeman uh, we just don't expect Mike the- Davis Mike Davis yes uh, we've we've been wrong about these Falcons running backs too many times but we this time we're wrong for a different reason uh, Cordell Patterson is the RB6 right now in PPR I mean not only is he catching balls but he is fucking punishing people like just bulldozing manning people out there. And it's, I mean, you know, I know that he was a bigger guy and could, you know, couldn't play receiver, but uh, I mean, how was he never utilized like this? It's, it's so insane. So we're going to take Cordell Patterson and compare him to a guy like we'll start with Austin Eckler. So Austin Eckler's uh, he had four rushes for five yards. He did catch some passes to kind of save his day, but how are you feeling about those two guys right now? Would you accept that trade? Would you trade Austin Eckler away to get Cordero Patterson? I would. Wow. I, I, I would. I, you know, that's a little bit bold to say here. And, you know, this might be like a more of a short-term thing because Patterson has shown like he might wear down a little bit at the end of the season. But, shoot, Eckler looks like he's worn down a little bit right now. I mean, Patterson has been far more efficient uh, so far this year. And uh, yeah, I, it's it's crazy to say, but Patterson's been better on the ground, and it's not like he's been surviving through receptions. Like you know, like you said, Eckler had to get by with a couple of receptions to save his day. Um, you know, Patterson's been too efficient to need that. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna edge with him. Yeah, this one's really close for me. I'm still gonna lean Eckler, um, but at this point it's it's a really hard decision it really is and uh you know i think that what the one thing that really worries me about eckler is you know sony michelle is getting goal line work mm-hmm. and so it's like eckler is getting a lot of the work you know in between uh, between the 20s but mm-hmm. uh you know he if he's not going to be catching as many passes as he did last year which he isn't he definitely needs that goal line work so mm-hmm. it's just it's scary for me to say but i am still going to lean eckler there um however with this next guy i think i might be ready to lean patterson and it's dalvin cook uh you know dalvin cooks looked good um you know last game i think was his best game it's looked better each week obviously the the fracture not the fractured shoulder but it's popped out a socket that happens seems to happen every year now has happened again uh it's 
you know, I'm, I'm going to change my mind. I'm still going to lean cook here, but it's like, you're, but the reason why is because the, the point that you mentioned Cordell does, or at least last year, really trailed off at the end of the year. He's 31 years old. He's probably liable to do so again. So honestly, he's not my sell high this week, but probably Cordell Patterson is a good sell high candidate. Mm. But at the same time, I do think he's, he's very, very valuable. So I'm going to keep both of the tried and true running backs in this case, but it's, it, it was honestly super close for both of them for me. Yeah. And I feel pretty confident saying I'll take Dalvin over Patterson. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll move on to some quarterbacks and we'll start with last week. My uh, Nate started the week last week and Marcus Mariota who continues to go the fuck off, have rushing work and look good throwing the ball to my surprise. Um, and let's compare him to the goats. Let's compare him to mm-hmm. Mr. Brady who currently Mr. Brady uh, now this is four point and I can't change it to six point, but is a uh, quarterback 28. So among the worst starting quarterbacks you could have drafted so far. Uh, so where, where are you at on the Marcus Mariota versus Brady? Oh, I, that's tough. I would still go with Brady a little bit. If you need to win right now, you might want to get Mariota. Um, but Brady, especially when as his weapons come back, uh, you know, I expect like the, this last game was probably the worst it's going to get as far as having nothing to throw to. So, yeah. And he when he's playing, Brady doesn't look like he looks like the same Brady last year. He just doesn't have anything around him. So, yeah, I, I'll go with Brady on this one. But, uh, yeah, that one's really close. Mariota's making it tough. I think I'm going to go with Mariota here and maybe it's my my, you know. Um, fandom. Well, I was going to say my, my tendency to lean with the Russian quarterbacks, but, yeah, that's, that's um, true too. but, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I did predict at the beginning, you know, my bold prediction was that Brady and Rogers would both, uh, you know, kind of Rogers was my bus, but that both of them would fall outside of the top 12. And, and as of right now, I mean, Marcus Mariota's uh, quarterback 13. So just outside of the top 12, but he's got a good shot to finish his quarterback 10 through 12. I mean, uh, he's, going to be starting all year i don't think there's going to be any risk of him i'm especially the way he's playing uh you know the only thing i will say if the falcons do get down like if at any point they've Mm. lost like three or four more games than they've won they might make the transition just to kind of see what they've got but um it is tough i agree and i'm probably going to end up regretting it uh but uh yeah i think i'm gonna lean Mariota there uh for fantasy of course not not for like if 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 i was choosing who would lead my franchise please give me brady but um but yeah you know so uh, well what about with rogers um you know rogers did have a decent game last week but he's only two spots above brady right now at quarterback 26 uh averaging 12 points per game in four point passing touchdowns yeah, give me Rodgers, and I feel more comfortable saying that than with Brady. Um, you know, Rodgers had a pretty good finish this week. His quarterback 13, he actually finished ahead of Mariota, um, and still he's starting to get his weapons back, uh, starting to build a rapport with Dobbs. He got David Bakhtari back, who's starting to work his way into – he wasn't even getting all the snaps yet. So, um, And he should get Elgin Jenkins coming back at right tackle. So um, I, I see the arrow pointing up for, uh, for Rodgers, really. Despite him being my best quarterback, I'm going to agree. So I'm going to take Mariota over Brady, but with Rodgers, I think I did like what I saw last week. I think I still think he's going to finish outside of the top 12, but just barely. 
Um, and I'm starting to believe a little bit more than I did preseason that with the weapons he has that he can, um, you know, I don't think he's going to have anything like an MVP season, but still be, you know, among the top 10, you know, quarterbacks in the league. So, no. uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Rogers there, despite, uh, I was much lower on Rogers than Brady, uh, preseason. I think I've, uh, kind of flipped that now. And if we're being honest, like, you know, uh, Devonte Adams and Rogers probably both miss each other right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Especially uh, Devonte uh, Adams being zero and three, but yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to the wide receivers. What about Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk is wide receiver six in PPR five in PPR. Excuse me. Uh, so um, let's see, let's compare him to a guy like Jamar chase. So Jamar chase right now, is uh wide receiver 17 averaging 10 points a game he did have the one explosive game but it's been pretty disappointing two weeks in a row whereas christian kirk has been uh very useful every single week seems like he's going to be a very dependable guy so um are you going with the upside there with jamar or the dependability of kirk okay well real quick there's no way chase is only averaging 10 points a game because he had over 31 points in week one alone Oh, I'm sorry. This is in standard. Hold on. Uh, fuck. My bad. Uh, he is averaging 17 points a game at PPR. Excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. But, uh, but yeah, Christian Kirk is averaging 21 points a game. Yeah. No, nah, give me Chase. Uh, hands down. I mean, yeah. Talent wins on this. Uh, the Bengals got off to a slow start with Burrow getting sacked 13 got- times in the first two games. Uh, Chase, yeah, he's the superior talent. We saw what he did last year, and he has the ability to explode any given week. I agree. I, I agree with you here. It's 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 closer than it's way closer than it was before the season, certainly. Um, and you know, Christian Kirk has the ability to be the you know, you remember Stefan Diggs a couple years ago drafted in the sixth or seventh round, and he finishes the number two receiver. Like, I feel like Christian Kirk is is probably the strongest candidate to be that guy this year. Um, but at the same time, I would still rather have Chase because I think Chase can just take over a game and win you a week. Uh, Christian Kirk maybe can still do that, but, you know, as of right now, it's been pretty steady, like 16 to 25 points in that range every week, which is great. I mean, not going to complain about that, but I would take Chase – I'm sorry, uh, Christian Kirk over the next guy, though, and it's a guy that I've loved for many, many years, but Keenan Allen – um, I would rather have Christian Kirk at this point. I just think it's more dependable. He's the number one uh, receiver in offense where, I mean, Keenan Allen still probably is the number one, but it, it's, you know, almost 1A, 1B. And honestly, Trevor Lawrence is looking like he's going to have his, you know, breakout year and possibly by the end of the year, we're looking at him similarly to the way we look at Herbert. I won't say quite all the way, but, you know, I don't think that the drop-off of, of quarterback there is quite as steep as um, maybe we thought preseason. Yeah, this one's really tough between Keenan and Kirk. I mean, I really do think Keenan is the clear number one on his offense, and his offense is built better. Um, but the Jags are rolling right now, so it's tough to say. Um, I'll go with Kirk. We'll, we'll, we'll go with Kirk in total in total points. I think Kirk will finish, but in points per game, um, you know, there's a chance that Keenan Allen is the better guy. Right. Well, and Keenan Allen's already missed time. So that, that, mm-hmm. that would explain part of that, but you know, and, and I would say that's one thing that would make me lean Kirk as well. You know, Keenan Allen has struggled with getting nicked up, you know, several years in his career where, where with Kirk, it hasn't been quite as big of an issue. Real quick. I want to add one in here that we didn't prep, but um, I was looking at the results. Amari Cooper. Or Debo Samuel. 
It's not far off, but I'm still going to go Debo there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I had Debo ranked higher. Um, I I probably still edge with them, but um, Cooper's looking really good. Good dude. Yeah, yeah. I need to change the verbiage on that. <laughs> um, yeah, but Cooper, man, like, is that not one of the best trades? in recent memory, like a fifth round pick and you get that dude, like, what are you doing? Cowboys? You screwed up. I mean, you know, you had to pay some money for the contract, but who cares? I mean, you needed a receiver and you got one for a fifth round pick. So mm. yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, you know, there was some moves over the off season that questioned from the Browns, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Last guy here. It's going to be Mr. Tyler Conklin tight end three. How are we feeling with compared to TJ Hawkinson, who we both had as a top seven tight end in the year? Uh, Hawkinson hasn't, you know, last last week it was it was better than the the first two weeks. He hasn't completely disappointed, but I mean, he's tight end twelve right now, averaging in PPR eight points a game compared to Conklin, averaging almost thirteen. Yeah, I am going with Hawkinson here, especially with Swift and Amon Ra getting injured. He's uh, he's in line to get a lot more of those short yardage targets. So, uh, and you know, I'm I'm one to bet a little bit more on the talent. So, um, and I've kind of expressed my concerns about Tyler Conklin and um, you know when Zach Wilson comes back, I don't think they're going to have the same type of volume in that offense, and somebody's going to get you know, their targets reduced by a lot. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be the talents of Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore or anything like that. So, so yeah, yeah. Hawkinson for me. Yeah. I'm going to agree with Hawkinson there. Um, but, um, but with the second guy here, I'm going to take Mr. Conklin and that is Dawson Knox. I believe Ooh. that was your bust pick. I believe he is tight end. Keep scrolling. 24. <laughs> He's averaging five points a game in PPR. So pretty bad. Um, yeah, I mean, we thought he was touchdown dependent. We neither one of them were really big on him, but we definitely thought that we'd rather have him than Tyler Conklin. I think both of us would have said, but at this point, I think I'll go Conklin. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the bet on the guy that's already shown me something. I've never been a huge believer in Knox. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, Conklin, tight end three. That's a big gap between him and tight end four, 24. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, so that is some shifting sands of the fantasy landscape right now. You know, um, maybe all of those targets of, um, you know, the 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 established guys we mentioned could be all by low targets if if you think they you know could uh, maybe do a little bit better than they have, and then you know all the guys that we mentioned uh, that you would expect, uh, you know, maybe maybe you might want to sell them at this point, but but at the same time, maybe you want to keep all your players. Uh, but let's move on to the next section. It is the panic meter. We did this last week. Uh, we'll do this periodically throughout the year. Just kind of check on how we're feeling about some guys that haven't been performing super well um, as of recently. So I'm going to start with the man who I almost made my top dog, but I didn't, and you can't hold me to it. And it's Justin Fields. Uh, fuck Justin Fields, man. I'm at a nine. I am panicking. It's like if Superflex didn't require you to roster every quarterback, I would consider dropping him. Um, but you know, you kind of got to hold on and just hope for better days, but yeah, it's, I'm at a nine for like his whole like future. Like it's like, it's like, I don't know. I mean, dynasty I'm at a nine, like it's not yeah. just this year, you know? So it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary out here in these, in these fields. <laughs> yeah. In these, in these empty fields. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am right there with you. I'm at, you know, a nine or a 10, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's just, 
he just doesn't have the volume to even do anything, you know, if he was playing well, but he's not playing well. It's completion percentage is terrible. It's, you know, he's, he's looking quite lost. He's, you know, not reading the defense well and he's holding the ball way too long. So um, the only thing working for this offense is running the ball and not, it's not even running the ball with fields. It's all their running backs that are getting, you know, pretty much all the work. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely panicking here. Uh, sucks for him, but man, it, it's been a rough ride. And also, like, just going to toss in here, there are some people from last year that owe Matt Nagy an apology. Uh, just, yeah, it's it's just not all him. But, yeah, Fields, I, I he looks a little bit worse this year than last year. And I don't know if it's the nerves or whatever. Or, yeah, it's – Maybe the worst coaching staff in the event, even Matt Nagy. And, yeah, I'm not going to go to bat for Matt Nagy here. I still don't think he's a good coach, but – Oh, neither he- do I. He was running it better. I mean, we say that they're two and one. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's like if they end up winning 10 or 11 games, it doesn't, I mean. They're not. It's, you know, it's, it's like, it's not pleasurable to watch. It's not good for the quarterback stats. But I mean, if he gets them to the playoffs and I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe he is a better coach. I don't know. It's I'm, my mind doesn't know what to think, but. Uh, uh, and their two wins have come against, you know, in a monsoon against the Trey Lance led 49ers team. And then this week against the Texans, like. Uh, you know, I think when they get into their schedule, it's gonna you're you're gonna start losing. Well, you mentioned the Trey Lance led 49ers as if the 40 the Jimmy G 49ers look much better. Jimmy G is the next guy on our panic meter. Uh running out of the end zone, breaking Dan Orlovsky's curse, throwing a pick six afterwards. So it was actually good that he ran out of the end zone. Fumbles, interceptions, misspasses, cussing out Kyle Shanahan on the sidelines saying that he uh, calls terrible plays. Are you panicking? Is this just a bad game or is this like a messy situation? Is Jimmy G, you know, maybe not feeling as good about his potential replacement? Or, I mean, is it, you know, how are you feeling about Jimmy G? You've always been a bigger touter of him than I. So let's hear, let's hear what you think. Yeah, I'm not concerned about it. Uh, yeah, he had a bad game, but he also was not allowed a fucking playbook for all the preseason because they didn't want to create controversy because they they couldn't have Trey Lance win in an outright competition, so they had to hand him the keys outright. But now Jimmy G, he's working his way back in. He didn't get to practice with the team throughout the vast majority. Of, actually, I think the entire preseason. Um, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I, it's low concern for me. I'd probably put it at a two or a three. I mean, look last week in three quarters, he was the quarterback 14 on the week. So I'm, I'm not concerned about Jimmy G. I'm very concerned. I mean, look, he's been with the team for years. It's not like this is a new offense or a new system. He should know most of the plays. Maybe there's some uh, nuances that were, you know, but th- that was among the worst games I've seen this season from a quarterback. And yeah, I don't want him for fantasy at all. I mean, if, if we're talking about fantasy, I you know it's it's like an eight or a nine. I mean, again, you can't drop him, but um, you know I would rather have him than Fields at this point, but only barely. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I'd, and, and yet you guys. still think Debo is going to finish ahead of Mari Cooper in this scenario you're painting? <laughs> yeah, there's all the that happens all the time where where quarterbacks that finish outside of the top twenty four uh, have you know top. 12, 15 receivers happens all the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, no, Jimmy G just, just, uh, you know, doesn't look like he's it. I mean, I think there's a reason why they're moving on. I, I, I think that Trey Lance probably would have led the offense better this year. We will see. Obviously he has the uh, Jimmy look, G he, did more in his first full drive than Trey Lance did. The he's entire, had two games. He's two and a half games to start, dude. Two and a half or two. He's had one fourth. He has what? Four games of over 50% snap share. 
and he ha- he's one in three in those games. It's Trey like, Lance's. Here, here's the facts, man. Jimmy G isn't it, and like you when look that at Jimmy happens, G's win percentage. That's fine. That, that, that's that's because he has a good coach and a good team. But like they have to. Then why maybe, is Trey Lance losing when he gets Trey Lance? Isn't it either? But you have to give the young guy a chance because you know that Jimmy G isn't going to do it. But anyways, that's fair. I don't want him in in fantasy. I don't really have him in fantasy, but I don't think he's going to be very valuable this year, but we will see. So QB 14 last week and three quarters was a complete fluke. That won't happen going forward. I I mean, I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but I think that's probably the ceiling. Okay. Um, But anyways, let's move on. Daryl Henderson. Oh shit. Not Daryl Henderson. Uh, that's fine. We can put him in here. Wait, oh, wait. Sorry. I thought I said his name wrong. Uh, so it's, it's, I almost said Darnell Henderson, but fucking fans. <laughs> uh, Daryl Henderson. Yeah. How are we feeling about him? Obviously, um, you know, I started, I was feeling real good about it after week one. Uh, started him last week in several leagues and he completely bombed me. It looks like Cam Akers is finally starting to get a little bit more of that load. Um, you know, do you think that Hendo will be, you know, unstartable? Or how, how, where are you feeling on the, on the, the hendo yeah right now the you know the thing that is helping you is he is getting the majority of you know third down work and the passing down stuff i do think there's a chance with acres you know kind of looking better and better that he takes more of that but um, right now henderson still you know i think they were the same 50 50 snap share uh this last game but acres got 12 touches versus henderson's four so acres is definitely the guy that they're going to on the ground um, you know, McVeigh pretty much said as much after the game. And uh, yeah, he said that McVeigh uh, acres, even after that fumble in the one yard line. Uh, good job, Buda Baker, by the way, you got revenge for the hit acres put on you last year, knocking that ball out. Um, but uh, yeah, even after that, McVeigh uh, said that, you know, acres is going to be the guy in on four minute drills and stuff. So um, yeah, Henderson against good matchups. I think he's a flex play, but I would like to see the Rams get their offense a little bit more back on track before I would lean on him entirely. Yeah, I've definitely, you know, come down. I was feeling like, oh, he can be like your RB2 for like, you know, after the week one. Not mm-hmm. feeling quite that way anymore, but I still do think he'll have, you know, week to week. That I think last week isn't going to be, you know, two point or 2.4 points isn't going to be the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it very well could be like a hot hand approach. It kind of looks like that's what it's been so far. If Cam Akers is getting the carries and is looking good, he might have them. If he's not and Hendo's looking good, he might get them per game. So that that is the one thing I'll say is like if you – I have him at a five. I'm like right in the middle. I'm not really panicking, but I'm not, you know, quite as high as I thought maybe he would be. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, he's a fine flex play and you still definitely got to value, um, you know, where he was drafted. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll still have to wait and see on this one. All right. Well, the next guy is uh, a guy that you didn't draft out of value whatsoever. It is Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara, okay, so he missed week two. So it's, you know, me telling you his overall finish right now isn't quite fair. But he also hasn't looked good in the games that he's been there. And yeah. you know, hasn't been scoring a lot, you know, in the two games he's been there. So is this – uh? You know, maybe this is a guy that could have been in the uh, starting to get washed, starting to lose it category, or is this just, you know, maybe he's nicked up and he's going to look better throughout the year. Where are you at on Alvin Kamara? Are you comfortable with him as an RB1 at this point? Uh, as an RB1, 
he could possibly turn around and be like a lower in RB one, but I'd feel better about him as like an RB two at this point. I do think it's going to start improving. He's a very, very talented player. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't eclipsed 10 fantasy points in a week so far. So it's, it's been a really rough patch. Uh, I am concerned about him as far as, uh, let me look, I believe I had him uh, running back nine, um, for redraft purposes. So I, I don't know if he's going to return that kind of value, but, um, I, I still think it's a little early to count Alvin out. So I'll put it out as a, uh, uh, like a six or a seven. Yeah, I have it at a seven as well. I think, um, yeah, if you spend a first round draft pick on him, you're, you're hurting. You're yeah. not, you're, you're definitely hurting. And, and you probably did. I mean, unless it's super flex and you're in a league where they're drafting a lot of quarterbacks first, but I mean, first or second round pick, for less than 10 points is not good. It's, you know, it's only through week three, but at the same time, like if it happens again next week, that's a fourth of the fantasy season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's, you know, keep that in mind. And if, if your first round pick has not helped you win for a fourth of the season, it's, it's probably not a good pick. So I am panicking if I drafted him there. Um, I still think he does have a chance to turn around. I would be willing to try to buy him low. Uh, I mm-hmm. wouldn't pay anything crazy, but maybe I can get off like a David Montgomery or something like that. I would be willing to do that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, you should be worried if, uh, if you were dependent on him to, to take you to the, to win you the championships, like he did so many years ago on Christmas Eve and scarred my life forever. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely worrying about Alvin Kamara, but we touched on him earlier, and uh, I've touted him several years now, but it looks bad right now. And it's DJ Moore. How are you feeling about DJ Moore? You know, I believe in the talent that he can, you know, come around a little bit. It's just I've already spoken my piece on Baker and what he's doing. And, you know, it's the same thing. He can settle down. He can play better. We've seen Baker play a lot better. So um, uh, for DJ Moore, I'm putting it from where you drafted him, though. I, I got to put it at a six because – it's 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 been a rough it's been a rough watch yeah and i have it higher than that you know we did a segment last year and we didn't do it this year uh but it was um a player that you really wish you were able to draft but didn't get any shares of Mm -hmm. and my answer would have been dj Moore for that like i was so Mm -hmm. mad like after i finished all my drafts like oh i don't have any dj Moore shares oh i gotta try to trade somebody and i sent out trades nobody accepted it but thank god they didn't accept it because uh I'm glad that I, you know, just happened to not get him because I wanted him. I had him like uh, wide receiver 15. <laughs> Definitely not feeling wide receiver 15 about him right now. Uh, he's wide receiver 61 with 7.9 points in PPR. So not good at all. Here's the thing. It's not anything that he's doing. Like watch him on the field. He's winning routes. He's getting deep. He's doing all the things he always does. It's, it's Baker Mayfield and it's Matt Rule. Like Matt Rule's not designing touches for him. And he's barely designing touches for Christian McCaffrey. It's gotten better for Christian McCaffrey week after week, but it hasn't gotten better for DJ Moore. So I'm out of eight. I'm worried about DJ. Um, at this point, I don't even know that I'd buy low for, for him. I think I'm just kind of hands off uh, of DJ Moore for now. And I'm hoping he proves he comes back and proves me wrong uh, because I do believe in talent and I did tout him preseason. But at this point, I'm just not interested. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's been rough. Um, all right, I, I can start the next guy because this was my guy that I taught it quite a bit, but Allen Robinson, uh, been one very good week and then two not so good weeks at all. Um, the very good week should have been a fantastic week. He was literally robbed of a second touchdown, but, 
uh, still salty about that. Um, but he obviously hasn't been quite as good as I expect, especially just because like Tyler Higby is getting so many uh, targets right now. And that is definitely hurting him. Also, Ben Skoranek has been, you know, a big surprise in that Rams offense, both as a blocker and, you know, on, on short yardage plays. So that's definitely hurting him. But, you know, I from what I saw in week two, he does have the potential to put up monster games. And I do think he'll, you know, his transition into this offense will get a little bit smoother as the season goes on. So um, for Robinson, I'll put it at a four, maybe a five at most. I'm actually there with you, man. Um, I I was lower on Robinson than you were, but so I, you know, I kind of thought of him as a back end wide receiver too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I know you've thought of him as a high end wide receiver too. So mm-hmm. if I were comparing it to that, I, you know, but as far as back end wide receiver too, I think he'll still finish there. I mean, he dropped a touchdown last week, not great, but he mm-hmm. would have had a touchdown. I yeah. mean, that's two touchdowns, one that wasn't his fault that he lost and one that was, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's still getting the ball in, 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 in the red zone. And I mean, we, we knew that he was a good red zone receiver. Um, you know, Matt Stafford didn't throw a, a, a touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Cooper cup got one still, cause he got the rushing touchdown. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I have him out of four. I'm not panicking. I do. I do think that, if this happens another week or two, then, you know, I do have him on one roster and I'll start to feel a lot worse about it, but mm. I'm still willing to, I mean, he's still, he's getting targets in the red zone. He had a game where he was heavily targeted. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's, um, there's a lot of other guys on the offense that as of right now have been more targeted than him. So that's the only concern. Um, but I still think, you know, he's, he's the second most talented receiver on the offense and, you know, Matt Stafford will hopefully realize that soon. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I will say my concerns about him being completely washed and like looking like he did last year, like I haven't seen that. So, mm. you know, I think the, the, the high end of worry, I guess, uh, that, that I had preseason has kind of been, um, assuaged for me. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm still happy to have him as a wide receiver three, um, for now, I think he can finish as a wide receiver two, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at for him. So. That's probably in the same place. Sounds like we're, we agree there. And last guy for our panic meter is Noah Fant. We mentioned him earlier. I think I had him as a tight end 13, um, but he looks like the tight end 13 on his own offense. So <laughs> where, where are you at with Noah Fant? Yeah, I, you know, he has been improving as of late and he caught all four of his targets and got like nine fantasy points this last week. So it has been getting better, but he's still not been the best tight end on his own team. Uh, he is new to the offense. He's working his way in. So I'm going to give him a tad bit of leeway and put it at, uh, God, I'll put it at a seven. Uh, but it's, if it's, you know, another week of, or another week or two of Will Disley being better than him, then I'm probably going to knock it up to an eight or a nine. But uh, I have him at an eight, but would you drop him for Will Disley this week? Or are you saying you, you you'll still keep him? Ooh. I'm I'm riding that Achilles tear train to to, to the title chase. So <laughs> I'll probably go with Will Disney. <laughs> All former Achilles players. That's a wonderful strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the uh, first to ever win doing it. That's for sure. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, well, all right. That's where, that's going to conclude our third dog discussion, and we are going to hit our fourth here. Mm. After three weeks, has how much has your top five running back picture changed? So obviously a lot of these running backs. So I, I was talking to Nate earlier, five receivers have outscored the number one running back in PPR. So running backs have really been down as far as, you know, after three weeks, 
Um, again, it's only three weeks. A lot can change. One 40 point game can, you know, make those numbers different, but, um, yeah, a lot of guys that we expected to, to be, you know, stalwarts first round picks have not been performing as such. So, uh, we'll see how much of those guys we're still given a chance and how much of those guys we are out on now, but, um, I'll start out my, to, to begin the year, my top five, uh, was Christian McCaffrey. Number one. And of course this is all PPR full PPR. Uh, number two was Jonathan Taylor. Number three was Derek Henry. Number four was Dalvin cook. And number five was Austin Eckler. So that was my top five coming into the season. Um, and it has changed. I had to have, it has shaken up a little bit. There's two guys that were not in my top five that are now. Um, so my top two is still the same. I have Christian McCaffrey there at one and I have Jonathan Taylor stat two. I know neither one of them have done what they need to do, but they haven't looked bad on the field. Um, they've, you know, been doing what they need to do. And I think that the, the you know, their better games are still ahead. I'm not giving up on them. So that might, you know, I don't even know where the consensus is on that, but you know, I'm still keeping them at one and two at number three though, is going to be my first change. And look, he looks like, I mean, he is the number one running back right now, and he pretty much looks like the best running back after after three weeks. And it's Saquon Barkley. Um, I had him at eight, so I was, you know, wasn't too far behind. But what I've seen and what he's been able to do and how big a part of that offense he is is uh, enough for me to put him at three now. I feel really, really confident in Saquon. Obviously, there's still injury risk, but, I mean, there is with CMC and almost every other running back as well. So, um, at four, I'm going to have Derrick Henry. So, obviously, it was looking a little bit scary for Henry, uh, but he was able to pull it out last week. He caught five passes last week, um, had you know averaged over four yards to carry with 20 carries. So, uh, just what you want to see from, from uh, Derrick. I have him at four there. And then at five – this was a really, really tough one, but you know I had to go with my favorite player in the league who is currently the number two running back in PPR, and that is Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb is looking – I mean, look, the offense is centered around him. He is the center of the offense. Yes, Kareem Hunt's still there. Yes, Jacoby Brissett's still a quarterback, and yes, they still pass the ball. But he is the, the primary option. He really is. And, and, and he's getting the goal line work. He's getting some passes, not still not as much as Kareem hunt, but more than he has in the past. I'm, I'm all in on the Chubb train this year. And I had him at, at seven before. So it's, it's only a two spot bump, but uh, yeah, love me some, some Nick Chubb and uh, I'm happy to have him in my top five. Yeah, no, nah, I, I like uh, most of the changes you made. Um, I also have the same top two in uh, Jonathan Taylor and Derek Henry as one and two. Um, you know, I've seen enough from JT and Henry so far. I mean, Henry's last game, he, especially, you know, when he got in space on those catches, he looked explosive, was breaking tackles. He, he looked like Derrick Henry. So really good to see, uh, the big riser. I mean, there are two big risers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real quick. Did you say, which one did you have first Henry or JT? Yeah, J- Jonathan Taylor? Okay. Um, yeah. So I should mention, you know, pre, you know, preseason, I had a Jonathan Taylor, number one, Derrick Henry, two, three is cook, uh, four Austin Eckler and five was Christian McCaffrey. Um, so yeah, I've got uh, Jonathan Taylor and Henry still at one and two. Nick Chubb is now at number three for me. Uh, Chubb looks fantastic. He has uh, over a hundred yards in each of the first three games so far, and he's getting touchdowns. I think what is it three in the first three games or four in the first uh, three games, something like that. But yeah, he's he's killing it. They're definitely heavily uh, you know leaning on the running game. And they're going to continue to do so. So, um, yeah, Chubb moves up to number three for me. Dalvin Cook is at four. 
and it was tough for five. This is I'm going to mention my sixth guy because he's close, but Saquon Barkley, I'll put it five just because, you know, the upside and he has like nobody in else behind him in that offense that can challenge. Um, so, yeah, it looks really good. The, you know, the concern about him getting re-injured is always there, but, you know, he looks a lot healthier than he has the past several years. So good for him. Good to see him back uh, being himself. Uh, James Robinson would be my RB6 just because the amount of workload he's getting, the efficiency he he has on the ground. Uh, yeah, and the Jags offense, I mean, if they're going to be scoring, you know, anywhere close to this amount of points this year, he's going to get a lot of scoring opportunities. So, yeah, James Robinson, he's been killing it this year, and I expect him to keep doing that. Yeah, I'm going to talk about James Robinson a little bit later, but it's not going to be in the same context. But yeah, my, my six was Austin Eckler there. So Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's done good every week. He's gotten 15 points each week. It's just, it's not like, I mean, yeah. I mean, so, but where, I mean, is he far outside of that or? No, no, he's okay. not. Okay. I mean, when, you know, James Robinson's lowest game is like you know, 17 points or something. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I think uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, factors that play into that but yeah i mean i i uh i don't know where it's hard to know where exactly i'd have robinson but i will talk about him a little bit later but um all right well that is going to complete our dog discussions for this week um very interesting both of us with saquon and nick chubb breaking into the top 12 i think you know that's probably true for most people at this point because they've just looked so good so um all right let's move on to our start sits so some questionable start sits uh decisions here the first one we're going to start out with is zach wilson looks like he's going to be coming back against the steelers this week um you know obviously he's loaded with weapons joe flacco's managed to have good games do we feel good about starting zach wilson are we going to wait a week yeah i i don't like starting players the first game back after significant injuries unless they're like known proven elite players so yeah it's that's going to be a two for me it's a two for me as well but would you start him over Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. I have that decision in a league, and I'm struggling. But, okay, all right, I might yeah. do that. And, like, if nothing else, even if you view him equally talented, equally able, uh, Zach Wilson has, like, way more weapons to get the ball to. He just has oh, to And he's going to throw more than six times, I'm pretty that's sure. Also, that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So, so, yeah. Um, all right, well, what about Mr. Baker Mayfield, a man who you said is on the downward trend, but he's going against the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense has not looked very good. Is this maybe a chance for Baker Mayfield to, to finally run up his fantasy score a little bit? It It, it is a very good matchup for Baker. Uh, he's a two. Okay. <laughs> I, gonna... uh, good. Oh, sorry, sorry. I have him at a three. I mean, I'm not thrilled to start him, but I do think he's startable and, you know, perfectly worthy quarterback two for this week. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. What about Mr. Travis Etienne? Um, so he's starting to look better, starting to get a little bit more of the work, obviously not compared to James Robinson, but, um, you know, how are we feeling about starting? What did he score last week? Um, I'll look into that, but how are you feeling about starting him this week? Yeah, uh, Etienne so far has been you know sufficient as a flex play, and I think you can keep that going. It's uh, another pretty good matchup. Should be a high scoring contest with the Eagles. Uh, you know, if they do happen to get down a whole lot in that game, he may get a little more work. But yeah, I'm seeing he got like uh, over 11 points this last week in PPR league. So yeah, I, I'd feel comfortable putting him in a flex. So I'd say a three. Yep, I'm gonna agree with you there. Don't have too much to add. 
Um, I do think one of these games he's going to have a an explode, you know, break off sixty yard run. I mean, that's that's what he was doing so much in college, and and you know, I think it's still worth starting him to and waiting for that to happen because it's it's going to happen one of these weeks. Yeah, and um, I mean, he still hasn't had a touchdown yet. So I mean, if he had a touchdown this last game, it would have been you know, yeah, over yeah. a seventeen point game. So. 100%. Um, totally agree with you there. Uh, well, what about Mr. Devin Singletary, who had a really big game, uh, over 20 points last week, uh, was catching the ball a lot. Looks like he's going to be the, the the Bills running back to own for whatever that's worth, and they're going up against the Ravens. Uh, yeah, they're going to need all hands on deck to beat the Ravens. The Ravens' defense is kind of trash. It's really their secondary. That's the weakness of the team, though, so – um, I'll put Singletary as a three um, just because they might put the ball in the air a little bit more than try to pound it against the Ravens front. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm going to put him at a four just because I, I'm starting to get with Devin, Devin Singletary where it's not going to be week to week, but you know, even his worst weeks, he scored like 10, 11 points. Like I think he's a somewhat capable. Um, well, he might've had one, one game worse well, than that. I think game one was bad, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a somewhat startable, you know, RB two option week to week. Um, you know, just with the pass catching work that it looks like he's getting, even if, uh, and with the potential of him still getting, you know, he's getting goal line work, not, not exclusively, but you know, he can still, you know, get the rushing touchdowns as well, even if he doesn't get a lot of yards. Yeah, the first two weeks he had under nine points, but this last week he had, you know, like 24 or something. But that a lot of that came 11 targets and nine receptions. So if it is a shootout, he'll still be heavily involved. So, yeah, I could probably move him up to a four. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing I'll say about Devils, Devin Singletary moving forward is, I mean, I would have already expected James Cook to be getting more of the pass-catching third-down role. Um, James Cook did get a little bit more of it last week, but, I mean, over this – year that might change he might not be getting as much pass catching but as far as next week goes definitely feel like we can uh we can give it a four but what about greg dorch we talked about greg dorch uh as a pickup um but he's going against carolina as uh, expected to be the second or third receiving option in the offense this week how are you feeling about starting him i'll put greg dorch at a four and a half you better start the dorch Wow, that's almost a must start. Yeah, I'm not going to say he's a must start. I think, you know, there's still other guys, but I'll put him out of four. I think he's a good start and I'm comfortable starting him. Well, what about any Chiefs receiver versus the Bucs? Obviously, the Bucs are notorious for their defense shutting down everybody. Uh, the Chiefs receivers haven't been dependable. Um, for me, it would be Juju and he would probably be a two and a half. That is literally exactly what I have. Perfect. And lastly, we've mentioned his name like two or three times now, maybe a little bit too much of one guy, but hit you with one more. Will Disley, are you comfortable starting him against the Lions? Uh, this is so tough. I, I, I put it at a two only because uh, his good games so far have been entirely touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he doesn't score a touchdown, it's just not going to work out for you, but. Um, so far, he's two out of three on games getting a touchdown, so maybe he should be higher, but I, I put him at a two. Yeah, yeah, he's been this year's Hunter Henry for sure. Um, all right, well, that is going to complete our start sits, and now, as always, we're going to move on to our buy low, sell high. So my buy low this week is going to be a guy that has had two bad weeks in a row, but is still going to be a very dependable receiver. It's Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, it's I, I think he scored four points last week. Um, he's averaging – 
9.6 points in PPR right now. So definitely we expected better, but I think we'll get better. And same thing for Davis Mills, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't buy Davis Mills for super high. I mean, obviously it's buy low, but I think both of them will have better days. But especially Brandon Cooks, I expect him to be a top 20 receiver by the end of the year. Yep, that's fair. I think he's a good buy low. Um, my first buy low is going to be my man, Cam Akers. Uh, and I believe this is a buy low just because his, you know, his his fantasy performance could have been a lot better. I mean, it was one yard away from having a touchdown instead of a fumble. It's an eight point swing. So, yeah, it's uh, he he has been getting a lot more work on the ground. The Rams offensive line was the main thing. Like they are actually getting making holes and, you know, getting uh, blocks downfield and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think Akers is a good buy low now because he still does have that talent and the ability to be a workhorse back. So um, get him while you can. Uh, yeah, who, who's your next guy? Um, well, why don't you go ahead and uh give us your, your sell high as well? Okay, well, I have a couple sell highs, but uh, one of them, I mean, Chase Edmonds just screams sell high right now because he had a on paper good game last uh, game as far as fantasy is concerned, but it's because he had two touchdowns. I mean, it was garbaggio, uh, except for that. I mean, he averaged three and a half yards per carry, only had six rushes. Uh, and only had one target for one catch in six yards. So it literally, those two touchdowns, you know, if not for that, he would have had like four points. So um, just something to keep an eye on. I, I would try to get rid of him while you can to someone who isn't paying that much attention. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely a two-touchdown performance. I mean, I do expect him to be the most valuable running back on the offense, so I'm not selling him for peanuts, but it is just the weird – it's been a weird usage um, – with with both him and Raheem Mostert, so yeah, at this point, I'd, I'd I'd rather try to get some somebody else on my team probably as well. So my sell high, and this isn't sell no matter what. This isn't sell, but it's James Robinson. It's the it's the RB six right now. I do not expect him to finish, you know, anywhere close to that. Um, he's had you know he's had some good games, but it's he's had a like for instance last game he had seventeen rushes for a hundred yards, which sounds great. But he also had a 50-yard run. So without that, he would have averaged uh, less than three yards a carry. And then the week before that, he did average less than three yards a carry. And that was even still ripping off a 37-yard run. He's gotten a touchdown in each game. I just think that um, – and, and to be honest, you know, I, I mentioned last week or the week before, James Conner isn't the type of guy that rips off long runs like this. So that long, long run of 50 is surprising to me. But also, I don't think it's going to be – Dependable game to game. I still think he's going to be very startable. Great RB2. I don't want him off my team. I just think if I can trade him for a guy like, I mean, Eckler, Mixon, Dalvin Cook, these guys that haven't been performing as well as we expected, I would rather have one of those guys. So I would take this opportunity to trade James Robinson for one of those studs that, you know, we still feel, you know, relatively good about. I disagree. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, he's been far more efficient with his carries than uh, Travis Etienne. And yeah, if you take away each running back, I mean, take away Saquon Barkley's long run last night and look what you get. It's going to be a terrible I mean, yards yeah. per carry. I, I agree. I'm not, but, but I mean, the week before he averaged less than three yards a carry. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's largely. Okay. Been, and Etienne averaged 2.2 that I'm week. Not, I mean, they had nowhere to run. But I'm not talking about selling ATN. I'm, I'm that that doesn't matter to my argument of selling James Robinson. It's if well, he, I he mean, wasn't efficient. And Derrick Henry was under four yards per carry the first two games. 
Yeah, and I totally trust Derrick Henry to be Derrick Henry because he's showing it year after year after year. Now, James Robinson has had a good year and then tore his Achilles. But, um, you know, I just think that, you know, maybe it's the fact that he's you know doesn't have the draft capital or maybe it is still the Achilles. But I just think this is a good opportunity. I don't think he's going to finish in the top 10 running backs, and I think you can trade him for a guy that will. So, But fair enough, we'll have to keep an eye on that one for sure. Uh, let us move on to our final section of every episode at least in season. And that is going to be our starts of the week. So we will mention who we had last week and celebrate or lament that decision and then give you the guy for this week. Uh, go ahead and start us off with the quarterback, Nate. Uh, yes, my quarterback start of the week was Marcus Mariota last week against the Seahawks. You're welcome. He had a very good game. So that, uh, that one worked out. This week, I will pick Jameis Winston versus the Vikings. I think Winston going to be a little bit healthier this week. Hopefully, you know, last uh, game, Olave was fantastic, but uh, he, he lost Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry in the middle of the game. So, and the Vikings have not been that great against the uh, quarterback so far this year. So, yeah, um, g- give me Winston against the Vikings as a start of the week. Yep, I like that one a lot. Um, who'd you have last week? Uh, Marcus Mariota. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Um, so, I had Trevor Lawrence last week. I will call that a success. Um, and this week I'm going to have Jacoby Brissett against Atlanta. So Atlanta's defense is looking a little bit better. I don't think we're trash, but we have been, you know, allowing points for sure. And, um, I think Jacoby, you mentioned it earlier. He doesn't look as bad as everybody thinks he's going to be. I don't think Jacoby's going to be, I mean, you know, last week, Trevor Lawrence was a top 12 quarterback. I don't think Jacoby's going to be that, but you know, if you are really hurting for a quarterback too, or anything, I think he's a completely safe start. We'll probably finish in like the top. 16 quarterbacks or so um so that's that's uh my pick jacoby Brissett going a little off the beaten path there yeah i like that a lot he was a guy i was considering for for this section so good call there nice uh well who you got for running back running back so last week i had mr damian pierce against the bears and I said he would get his first career touchdown, which he sure did. Then he ended up, uh, was it, RB9 I have for the week. So um, really good job for him uh, getting a low-end RB1 spot there. So I think he's uh, secured himself as the you know, workhorse back in that offense. But enough about that. My start this week is going to be Mr. Kareem Hunt versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it's probably Hunt's game to get a touchdown here. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think the Falcons are – it's a good uh, time to – fire up the hunt train if you didn't start him last week. I like that for sure. Um, I think that's a, that's a good pick. Um, both of us with some Browns against the Falcons action there. Um, for me last week, I had Brees Hall uh, in PPR. He was the RB 13. So you know, perfect start, you know, RB two, the, the number one RB two, just what you're looking for. Um, I think that will continue to increase, but he's not going to continue to be my start of the week every year. Don't worry. I mean, every week, don't worry. Uh, it's Miles Sanders this week. Uh, Miles Sanders had a bad game last week. It looked really good the first two weeks. Look, what happened last week with the Eagles is they literally threw like three touch- passing touchdowns in the first 18 minutes of the game, and they were just up. And, you know, it, it, Miles Sanders didn't get a lot of run after that. They didn't score in the second half at all. They scored 24 points in the first half and then didn't score in the second half and still won the game. So, you know, I think that uh, with a more normal game script and Jacksonville honestly is looking like a really good team that can compete with a team like, like the Eagles. Um, I do think that Miles Sanders will get much more run. And uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, like we, we were both, we're all, we said we both drop in uh, Kenneth Gainwell. So I think that Miles Sanders is kind of, fleshing himself out as uh, maybe a high-end RB2 at this point. 
Yep. No, that's uh, that's fair. Um, no, good, good, uh, good start there as well. Uh, Greg Dortch for me is going to be my wide receiver pick. You said he was, you know, I had him ranked almost as a must start. Well, that's because he's going to be in this section. Uh, This guy has been fantastic, only getting better each week. And uh, yeah, I've already talked quite a bit about him, but the Panthers are are a favorable matchup for him. Go ahead and cash in uh, on Dorch while he's running hot and before anyone else comes back. All right. Yeah, I like that start for sure. Um, Got no issues with it. We who was your start last week for yes, receiver? I, I did not mention that. So uh, let me look. Oh, uh, it was uh, Jacoby Myers versus Baltimore, but he was announced out before the game. So you know, we'll, that didn't work. Yeah. yeah, no draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll call it a draw. So all right, I had Russell Gage last week. We talked about that. That definitely worked out well. Um, honestly, I think he's a good start this week as well. But my start of the week for this week is a guy that didn't do good last week, and that's Rashad Bateman. Um, so Rashad Bateman's going against Buffalo. It is a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, Mark Andrews at this point is the tight end one. I mean, he very well could finish that way, but, um, you know, I think that the ball's going to get a little bit more spread out than it was last game. And Rashad Bateman will be the beneficiary of that. Obviously he had, he's had, uh, I think two touchdowns on the year already, including one, you know, I can't remember if it was 50 yards or maybe it was 40 yards, but one bomb touchdown. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know, I expect him to start getting more targeted and uh, to finish as a top 24 receiver next week. Nice. Yeah, I, I like that call. Um, yep, for me, uh, tight end coming up here. So I am going to go with Hawkinson versus the Seahawks. Uh, I, I kind of hinted at this before, but it's a really good matchup for him. And Swift and Amon Ra are probably going to both be out. Swift definitely will be. So it, it should open up things for Hawkinson, who already, you know, improved last week. So I think he'll continue to build on that. Uh, the week before week three, I told you to start Irv Smith and that is my, my, my loss from last week in the start sit section. So yeah, sorry. We'll do better this week. Uh, tight ends suck anyways. I also fucked my tight end spots, uh, start up and I think worse than you because my tight end scored 1.7 points and that Ooh. was Hayden Hurst. <laughs> um, oh man. So not good from last week, but this week I'm going to go with a guy that's done a little bit better, at least on the season. And it's Evan Ingram um, at Philadelphia. Like I said, I'm starting to really buy into um, the Jaguars offense. And, you know, there was, there was Christian Kirk. Everybody was screaming about there was Zay Jones that everybody thought was trash. And then there was Evan Ingram that everybody thought was over. And all three of those guys have, by all appearances came uh, went to Jacksonville and revitalized their career. So uh, that's, that's uh, big news. And I think that, uh, you know, Evan Ingram will be a much better start than Hayden Harris last week. For sure. I feel confident, confident in that. Yeah. Uh, he did score four points last week. So he, yeah, he didn't better. have a good week last week either. Yeah. But he had, he had better games before that, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good against, against Philly. Nice. No, no, I think that's a, a fair guy. He's, he's due for a bounce back game. For sure. Well, that my friends is the episode for week four. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, be sure to subscribe and like, and hit the bell and all the good things on Spotify and Apple podcasts. We appreciate you greatly. Nate, you got anything to add before we head out? uh no go 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 falcons go rams and uh falcons keep losing and rams keep winning let's go yeah uh, honestly 
I don't know what we were doing losing against the Seahawks. That's gonna be that's gonna be CJ Stroud right there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know that's all right. Um, well, thank you guys. We appreciate you all as always. We'll be back next week for more fantasy talk. So with that, this is Josiah signing out for Nate. Fanny dog. Oh, fantasy dogs. Ooh. Not the fanny dogs. The fantasy dogs are out. 